Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Let me see. I'm John Verhoeven and I've worked as a cop. I was in forensics. I was in the air wing. World class. And I was a New South Wales firefighter. Top shelf. Have I... have I left anything out? No, that's all I did. Oh, wait. When my dad and mum were exhausted from too much death, destruction and adventure after years in the emergency services, they did something totally normal. They decided to run a funeral home. In this season of Loose Units, you'll find out what it was like to grow up with parents who ran an actual funeral home, prepared bodies, dealt with grieving families and who confronted death on a daily basis. It'll be harrowing, thrilling and loose. Welcome to Loose Units Dead Serious. Hello and welcome to Loose Units Dead Serious, the podcast where a writer and comedian interviews his ex-cop, ex-firefighter and ex-funeral home running dad, John, to get to the bottom of what it was like to have really weird jobs. Now, if it sounds like I'm recording inside a room I'm not meant to be recording in, like an acoustic hellscape, it's because I am, because Victoria is now locked down and I'm trapped in my lounge room in the acoustics. So it's like, Dad, it's like recording in a giant bathroom in here. It's terrible. Where are you recording from? Paul, I'm recording from my kitchen. Okay. And the kitchen is, uh, it's a nice environment mm. for recording such wonderful, uplifting topics. <laughs> Do you think it's bad or good? Because the thing is, okay, everyone knows that we started a spin-off podcast called Loose Ends, ostensibly just to keep your company during this lockdown. But the thing is, the topics that we're covering aren't the sunniest. I mean, it's really, really, really great. But uh, Dad, do you feel sometimes like we should be talking about more uplifting stuff? You know how you just said the sunniest? Hmm. Well, my next story happened on a sunny day. Okay, I'm really impressed with your broadcasting ability to kind of create a very good segue. I just mm. want to quickly point out that we were going to talk about embalming this week, but Dad we told me Dad told me this story uh, off mic that we thought was too good to waste. So, it, as you recall, listeners, a couple of episodes ago, Dad had joined up as a car washer at Kinsella Funeral Homes, and Barry Kinsella was actually doing like a state funeral, or like a, was doing like a big formal kind of funeral for a police officer, and thought, okay. John, you used to be an ex-cop, right? Come along and help. And you did so well that you sort of got given given more and more, um, what's the word, authority, uh, responsibilities. So mm. I asked you what one of your you know, first big funerals was where you were kind of running things and you started telling me this story. So 
Is this the sunny day story you're referring to? It's a sunny day, and that's probably the high point of this whole story. Oh, Jesus the weather. Christ. Okay. Because it's, believe you me... <laughs> <laughs> it's a real pick-me-up, is it's it? Compl- <laughs> it's all downhill from here. Do you... Do you <laughs> this story that I'm about to tell is... It's I, I guess it was that time in my sort of career within that industry where Barry said, John, today's the day. Um, for various reasons, he entrusted me with conducting this particular funeral mm-hmm. in its entirety. Now, I said conducting, but funnily enough, the person um, at a funeral that walks in front of the hearse out on the street, who basically runs the entire show, he is called the conductor. He doesn't have a baton. So the conductor in a funeral service does not have a baton like a uh, the conductor of an orchestra. Yeah. Because that'd be odd if you just turned around and started conducting to Sibelius, for example. (laughs) That'd be weird. But there is a bit of a musical theme happening in this particular story, which I will come to. Right. Now, the thing about being a conductor is that you have to dress slightly differently. Now, you don't like like to dress up, do you? I mean, you you don't like to wear a tie. You don't like to kind of get too formal. But if if you're a conductor, what are you wearing? Is it like a... Tops and tails. Okay. Do you know what that means? Uh, you're wearing uh, something on your top and something... Is that where the jacket has the little flappy bits at the back, the tails? The little flappy bits at the back. Mm-hmm. Paul? Yes? I looked like a penguin. Um, oh, it's a shame. Are there any photos of that happening? No, thank God. And if there were, I would have burnt them. Just walk us through... Or cremated them. Just walk us through the... <laughs> It's a new job, and I I know that when I you know when I start working at a new place, I'm really eager to sort of toe the line and you know pitch in and do the stuff that that I'm not comfortable with to try and you know ingratiate myself a little bit. When Barry Kinsella tells you that you need to wear tails, mm. and you're a man who doesn't like wearing that clothing, what is your reaction? Uh, one of sheer terror. But I'd been fitted for a, a black suit, mm. but the conductor actually wore a different coloured suit. Right. Um, so that all eyes would be on the conductor. And I guess it is like sort of conducting an orchestra in that you've got all the different sections of the orchestra. Mm. Strings, woodwind, <laughs> percussion. Yeah. Why are you laughing? I'm just... Uh, <laughs> I think this is really funny. Not, it not is. funny, but it's, it's fascinating. And what you need to do is you need to be able to get everyone to work as a single unit, mm. but they've all got different tasks. Now, on this fateful day that Barry had entrusted me this particularly sad funeral, yeah, because um, believe it or not, there are degrees of sadness within the funeral industry. Right. And what, um, what, number, what number was, say, for example, the story from a few weeks ago where the father ran out of the funeral? What number out of 10 on the sadness scale was that? I'd give that a probably an eight. Okay, and where is this story sitting, just so people know ahead of time? Or do you want to let them figure out for themselves? Yeah, we can rate it at the end. But here's the thing. I mean, I'm tall, and I don't think I've shrunk as I've got older. At least I hope I haven't. (laughs) And the listeners hopefully will know and should know, and I'm telling them and I'm reinforcing the fact that I actually, I hate getting dressed up. Uh I mean, I've got some really nice clothes, but I rarely wear them. In fact, I was wearing shorts yesterday. And it was really cold and Christine was really pissed off with me for wearing shorts. Why? 
She says, John, you wear them Monday to Friday. Honestly, can't you put jeans on? Uh, now, can we just... Let's... All right. Let's all just... This is a period in which most of us, especially people in Victoria, have worn nothing but the same track pants for the, for the past few months. I think shorts, Dad, to me right now, shorts sound practically formal. All right? So oh, I, I love I, my shorts. I defend your shorts. Mm, but I wear okay. them in all weather. Right. Like okay. it was eight degrees yesterday and I was freezing my whatever's off. Right, but you wouldn't not you would not wear shorts as the conductor of a funeral. You'd be wearing a full blown penguin costume. If you wore shorts yep. as the conductor, mm. the business would cease to operate overnight. Okay. You'd just you'd lose everything. What if it was like a tropical funeral? That that's an interesting actually you could wear dress <laughs> dress <laughs> shorts. Wear, like well, Bermuda what? Bermuda Casmans. No, which were very big in the late sixties. Oh, the Bermuda Casmans were a great yacht rock band. I think what's interesting is, uh, apart from the fact that I now have an image of, if you're wearing shorts, right, you're, they're just pants but, but shorter, would that mean that you'd have little tails that would only go up, like little stubby little tails to kind of, you know, like a tropical tail? It doesn't matter. Christ, let's get back on, let's get Paul, back on top. Paul, here's yeah. the thing. Yeah. The point I'm alluding to is that I had to be dressed to the nines, mm. including, you ready for this? I had to wear a top hat. You what? Yeah. I wore a top hat. Tails. Um, the only thing I didn't have was a cane, which I would love to have had because I could have then thrown it up in the air as I was walking in front of the hearse and maybe done a few batten twirls. Naturally. But I I didn't have a batten. Thank so, God. But here's the thing. Yeah. It wasn't my suit. It belonged to another member of staff who'd... Right. Who who was long gone? It was a last minute thing, and I put this suit on, and it didn't fit. The pants came to above my ankles, so there was a massive gap. You could see my socks, and I could hardly get the jacket on, and I couldn't do the buttons up. Right? Are you with me? Yeah. Okay. So you it was an ill-fitting suit. I looked like a complete sad person, but I hear you laughing. The funeral. Can I paint the picture? Please do. Well, yeah. first of all, I mean, when you're dressed up and... Yeah, I'm just curious as to what kind of funeral needs a conductor. Surely not everything. Okay, okay, great, great question. This was a major funeral. It was okay. to take place in Manly on the Corso. Yeah. On the Corso? Jesus, that's a big deal. With a, with a huge motorcade. And yep. why? Uh, there was a 17-year-old boy and he'd been with friends um, on a road that comes into Manly... Mm-hmm. And he tried to jump into a car that friends had. You know how when a car's stationary and yes. then he opens up the passenger door and he tries to get in and the car took off and he, he was killed. I think it was a Friday night. So it was okay. a teenager um, in high mm-hmm. school. Already we knew that it was going to be very traumatic. We knew there was going to be a lot of press. We knew being on the Corso in Manly, for those people that don't know, it's a it's a very famous um, public uh, area yeah. around about three million tourists visit Manly just via ferry every year. Yeah, and I've often, I've, I, I'm, the reason I reacted that way towards the idea of having a funeral procession in the Corso is because, I mean, I wouldn't want people watching me do anything personal, let alone grieve. Mm. Right? Yeah, and it was a really, really tough funeral, and Barry entrusted okay. me, and because. 
the service, the church service was held, it went for about an hour. Mm. And, um, you know, there were, there were, there were many, 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 many hundreds, maybe a thousand people there. And it was a hot summer's day. I'm wearing this ill-fitting suit dressed. I thought I was dressed quite ridiculously. Yeah. Um, which sort of polarized people were looking at me because it was my job when the, at the end of the service, it was very emotional. There were lots and lots of girls in their teens that were just so distraught. The family, it's an unexpected death of a teenage boy. Um, yeah. And that is unexpected uh, through misadventure. It was just traumatic. And at the end of the service, um, unusually, like with my dad's funeral a few weeks ago, we concluded the entire service at the church. So when dad was put in the hearse and drove off, that's it. But this particular case, they also requested a full graveside service, which means we do the entire traumatic event Again. Now, as we were getting ready to depart, we had the full uh, cortege. Have you ever noticed how... Have you ever seen cars following a hearse and they go to a cemetery and they've all got their uh, headlights on? I think I've yeah. seen them on, like in a movie or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the thing is, you, you, it's actually... People don't realise this, but it's actually illegal to break the line in a uh, funeral sort of procession in terms of the cars. In what do you words, get the lights? No, that's different, but you can't just sort of come in and move, indicate and move within that group. You're not supposed to. It's, a, it's sort of a, an etiquette thing. So like a this, train. It's like a, yeah, like a train. It eventually makes its way to the northern suburb cemetery where there was mm-hmm. going to be the full burial. But just before we left Manly, the mother came up to me with a cassette player. I don't know whether people will actually remember cassettes, but, you know, they were a funny little thing um, that you'd pop into a machine. But you couldn't sink in. I mean, you had to really go to a big effort. Now, what the family had kindly done for me is they'd synced in so that the only thing I had to do was press the, the play button and it would play as they were lowering the coffin up at the funeral, up at the cemetery with probably 500 people standing around in extreme heat and there's me with my ill-fitting suit and I was just supposed to press the button and it would play Stairway to Heaven. Now everything was was set in motion. What had happened unbeknownst to me is that when I put the cassette player into the back of the one of the limousines Mm. something in the back of the in the, in the back of the car in the ute. Oh, did I just say ute? Wow. In the back of the hearse type black car, something accidentally pressed the fast forward button. So when I rocked up to the cemetery and there were 500 people and I'm sweating so badly, there's just this, they, they gave me the signal, the family, we had preordained a signal where they'd look at me. There were four people holding onto the ropes, friends, yep. and they would yep. begin the lowering process. And during the lowering process, I would play Stairway to Heaven. So, and this was like a big 
kind of a ghetto blaster, like a massive big portable thing. Oh, like a Brixton briefcase. Yeah, okay. It was massive. Yeah, yeah. And everything's... And there's this pause. The entire 500 people, the family, they've taken the tension on the coffin. Yep. And I hit the button. One of those terrible moments in my life, and this is a moment where you cannot afford to fuck up, but I didn't know that the fast-forward button had been pressed. So what I did, I hit the play button, and it played the last five seconds of Stairway to Heaven. And then there was silence, but they hadn't even started to lower the coffin. So I turned around back to the 500 people, my back to the 500 people, sweating like I'd never sweated before. I sensed there were 500 pairs of eyes burning into the back of my stupid jacket coat. And I thought, this is really stressful. They're still waiting for me. So I tried, and what I did, I thought I'd be really clever. I pressed the eject button, and the Mm. tape just sprang or sprung at high speed. It just shot out of the cassette player into the dirt. And I'm bending over, and then I realised that my jacket was starting to tear. And my pants split. I think my testicles actually popped out oh, piss off. the bottom of my pants. Did could, anyone laugh at that point? Because no, there's I, no I mean, laughing. No? There's okay. sheer terror and sadness for me now. Oh, so, in, no. in effect, what I'd done is that I'd taken away the sadness from the boy yep. to people who were looking over at a pathetic man fumbling around with this stupid cassette that had shot out in an ill-fitting suit that was about to explode. And I was... It was one of those moments in life where... I just didn't want to be there. I wanted this to all just go away and wake up and it was a bad dream, but it wasn't. And I grabbed the cassette from the soil and I popped it back in, but inadvertently I put it in the wrong way. And then I had a completely different song playing halfway through. It was fucked. Okay. And then there's still these four people are still waiting for me because they, they're waiting to lower the coffin and I'm uh, fumbling around. And then I was, look, it was just a bad, bad thing. So is there a lesson in that story? Uh, one lesson is if you're going to use some stupid cassette player, don't put it in the back of the car. Anyway, that was bad. I mean, the suit looked ridiculous on many yeah. levels. I looked yeah. like a clown. Did you... <laughs> I... How do you recover from a moment like that? Because well, I mean... I'm talking about it now and my yeah. body. I can actually <laughs> feel my shoulders shaking. It's so traumatic. Now, that story, might I add, Paul, mm. is one of many major fuck-ups at funerals. I think one of the things I find interesting is that because... 
I've been involved in comedy for many years. Tegan's been involved for like over a decade. And one of the interesting things in being involved in live entertainment is that a tech cue going wrong can absolutely fuck the entire show, mm. right? Mm. So <clears throat> the amount of times the amount of times we've had a really specific tech cue, like a really you know, like a really crisp, important lighting cue or a sound cue at a really dramatic moment. And the, the person at the desk just shrugs and goes, I'm sorry, like the CD's not here or or the power goes out or or alternatively, someone is just there who doesn't understand what they're doing, mm. like, like you on that day mm. and, and the cassette springs forth. Do you think you would have had a bit more luck if it had been, you know, digital instead of uh, analog? Oh, definitely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Look, cassettes are notoriously... Um, look, if you pulled a cassette out yeah. and you thought you were turning it at 180 degrees then inserting it, effectively on the other side, the B side. Yeah. If you thought you'd done that, that's great. See, sometimes, oh, look, it's just so... It became a traumatic mental exercise that was doomed to fail. And it didn't help that I say to you and the listeners that I had to bend down to pick up the cassette that had shot through the air. But in doing so, I could hardly reach the ground because of my ill-fitting clothing. I remember going back to the funeral home and walking into Barry, mm-hmm. and I was really pissed off. I said, Barry, this is a joke. I said, please don't. If, if you want me to do this again, at least get me some decent clothing. And then I got, then I realised, he told me who this particular outfit had belonged to. Now I'm I'm at least six foot, 187 centimetres. Then I found out that the suit that Barry had given me belonged to his brother, who was about five foot two and rotund. He actually looked like a clown. Oh, that's not very nice. No, no, no. Clowns, they have their uses. (laughs) Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. You're a fucking sociopath. That is the creepiest thing. Clown- <laughs> Clowns have their uses. I mean, yeah. So that was... Okay. Okay. Look, I, I, I'm clearly, and I apologies to the listeners and 
if by chance any of the family listen to this story. Sure. But this story has been told from my perspective. Dad, listen, it sounds like everything worked out okay. Did the, did the rest of the funeral pan out okay? The service? Yeah, yeah, that was all fairly standard. Okay. As standard as it can be for the death of a 17-year-old boy. Sorry, when I walked down the Corso, it was 10 or 11 in the morning. I mean, that place is pumping. I was also very conscious of people recognising me because it's a very polarised event. Yeah. And I was still in the fire brigade at the time. Oh, I was yeah. Work- and I was working at Manly. So, Oh, wow. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm a Manly firefighter up the road, ladder driver. Yeah. I'm doing a funeral in my second job down in Manly. So, you know, I guess it was I would probably have preferred to have kept a slightly more low profile of course. Um, position. So there you go. Interesting. Did you ever, um, I, I mean, embarrassment, how often did that come with the job? Embarrassment. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously things went wrong. No, 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 terrible, terrible. In the funeral industry, when you do a funeral, it's not a dress rehearsal, is it? It's not like take one, yeah. take two, can we, can we cut to that scene? It's a, it's, a, it's a one-off. The only thing that you've got going for you in terms of a professional person knowing what's going on behind the scenes, but your job is to make it as as seamless yeah. and as painless as possible. Fortunately, there's so much grief and sadness that I think that you can get away with a few things mm-hmm. insofar as I don't really think there are a lot of people at the funeral paying attention to what's happening behind the scenes. Okay, okay. I was, um, I was quite curious as to how the, the people... At the funeral took this. I mean, are they pretty understanding, would you say? I, I didn't cop any, any bad feedback. No bad vibes. Yeah, great. Okay. I mean, perhaps people just felt sorry for me. I okay. certainly felt sorry for myself. You mentioned at the start of the show uh, that you had something this episode that you wanted to talk about with the listeners and myself. Yes. I wanted to just touch on It's Missing Persons Week mm. nationally and the statistics for missing People are horrendous. It's about 100 people a day go missing. And you're regarded as as sort of fairly seriously uh, missing if you haven't returned within 90 days. We used to have the missing persons unit in the New South Wales Police Force and I never really paid a lot of attention to it. There were posters coming through to the stations all the time mm. and you'd stick them up on the notice board and I rarely took notice of it. But then on the ABC on Friday, I read a story about a, a young guy and he went missing, funnily enough, on the day the Sydney Opera House opened in 1973. Mm-hmm. And the, the trauma, and it just made me think, I'm not sure whether I was just thinking about this particular week. Um, I don't know what made me think about it. I don't know whether it's because of all the podcasts we've been doing over the last year or two. Um, but I tried to put myself in the family's shoes. I tried to think about you or Mark or Anne just one day not coming home and never seeing you again. And it's a burden that families carry until they die. You never get over it. There's always a sense of, of hope. And this was a particular boy that went to a, you know, a private school. His family uh, were on the land up in the Hunter region, and 
there were three siblings. He stuttered. He was getting some uh, some treatment here in Sydney. Funnily enough, down south near that incredible story that um, that you that you write about in the second book. That's all I'll say. In that vicinity, and he he allegedly walked out of this particular institution and um, has never been seen since. Ah. So my heart goes out to all the families and people listening to this podcast. If you have ever had any dealings um, or know people or or have lost um, a uh, family member through the fact that they've just never seen them again, there's no doubt that statistically some of these people will have met, you know, nefarious and, and, and foul foul ends but it's an it's an important and serious part of our society where you know we need to occasionally think about these things and i think this is a good week to reflect on that particular topic and it's something that i wanted to mention uh, because it's the week nationally where we do think a little bit more about missing people and it's not it's not a trivial matter but then again you know paul i'm torn as i am with a lot of these podcasts in that i'm also graphically aware of the situation um, with this virus. And um, I'd like to also give a shout out to people in Melbourne because, you know, you've got a curfew situation happening now. Yeah, six six more weeks of, uh, I think, stage four. It's it's really, really strange to be here. And I think, how do you think this is affecting things like funerals, things like, you know, trying to solve crimes? And the other field, the fields that you've been involved in, the emergency services must be really unusual in these cases, you know? I admire people in emergency services. What about all the police that have to go and do all these checks on people mm. to see whether they're in quarantine? Chances are that these people that are in quarantine, particularly if they've been tested positive, these police are... Um, when I saw two police in our suburb on the weekend yeah. donning their masks and gloves and going to check on certain people, and you know they're, they're putting their lives at risk more so than a lot of us. Yeah. And as for the people that work in hospitals, I mean, it's just, it's dedication, it's professionalism, it's it's just fantastic. And I can't help but feel I get very, very upset. Like, you know, your your sister Anne, she lives in Berlin and they've just had a, a big demonstration on the weekend with I think 80,000 people that are up close and tight with no masks. What were they, I mean, uh, de- what were they demonstrating for? Against the whole having to wear masks and social distancing. Yeah, there's a there's a saying going around online right now and that is that the pandemic isn't over just because you're over it. And I think that's that's, that's a great applicable. saying. You know what's interesting is you um you when you were working in the funeral industry, you mentioned that the funeral down at the Corso was huge. You mentioned that it was packed and there were a lot of people there grieving and there were a lot of people there sort of, you know, packed together. And not weeks ago, um, your father, my grandfather passed away and you were at a funeral and social distancing was, I assume, in it effect. It was, very if, much so. If, yeah, if you were to have a funeral, for example, in Melbourne right now, um, let's say someone we knew in Melbourne passed away and suddenly you would have all these other impositions added. You would have masks, you would have social distancing, you'd have to sanitize your hands before you came in. You know, you couldn't shake hands and hug to kind of wish people and give them, their, give them commiserations on the way in. Do you think those things might prove... And this might sound horribly naive, but if I, I think if I was grieving, if I was trapped in a really intense situation, and let's say, for example, the conductor of the funeral looked like an idiot 
was dressed like a penguin and his pants split and he made a cassette pop out at the wrong time. That would probably give me something else to think about, something else to talk about, which, which might actually prove to distract me. And again, this might be naive, Dad, but do you think the things that are being imposed on funerals right now because of the restrictions, do you think they could provide people with something of a just a momentary distraction or do you think they would be really emotionally destructive? No, I think um, it would provide... Um, a bit of brevity and levity mm. and um, a distraction. And it would make the, the whole affair somewhat more surreal. But at the end of the day, you know, life is for the living. I think it's, look, it's just, this thing's been going on for over six months. Yeah, I, it's it's getting a bit hard to remember I, what it was like. I, I just, you know, I, I got excited on the weekend when I saw a plane. <laughs> No, I'm serious. I, know. I thought, what the fuck is that thing in the air? Uh, yeah, oh, hang on a sec. I remember. Yeah. And I posted a photograph of a live concert. I saw that. That I went to. Yeah. Think about babies that have mm. been born in the last six months. Yeah, yeah. They, they've been born into something so far that there are things, even though they might not comprehend, but, that you know, they are aware. Mm. So there are certain things that that they're experiencing that is they haven't seen other things that we take for granted. Yes. So that's fairly interesting. And on the news last night, and here's a fun fact that I don't know whether people have actually cottoned on to, but in Italy there are a lot of unmarked graves and they had this guy that he wants to exhume um, his brother in Rome Mm -hmm. and the medical authorities over in Rome have said you cannot exhume a body that has COVID-19, get ready for this. This is on the news last night, but it wasn't, that was not, what I'm about to tell you was not the story. Okay. This was a tiny little fact embedded in the story. Yeah. And it was so profound. Now, I don't know whether it's my background and I don't know whether I'm the only person that heard this. They cannot exhume a body with COVID-19 for two years. I mean... How is that... Going is to that, affect things like, let's say you're in the, there's an active murder investigation and you have to exhume a body. Are they going to be able to get permission for that? Possibly, but it just makes you think about how long the virus actually stays within the body. Yeah. And for another story, um, I actually um, had a girlfriend, funnily enough. This particular girl, her brother, um, I mean, I didn't see her for many years, but when I was in the funeral industry, her brother died of AIDS in London and they flew him back to Australia and we had a virtual riot at the crematorium Right. when we got the body out of the hearse and there were certain members of the family and relatives that had not seen the brother or the sibling for many, many years because he'd, right. he'd been flown in from, from London. Yeah. And there were people literally clawing at the coffin, insisting that we open the coffin. And I was in a very, very, very awkward position because no one, bar a very few people, because I had access to the medical reports, but I remember we had to go to the morgue and pick him up and he was double wrapped in plastic, like almost shrunk wrapped. And the instructions were under no circumstances was he to be, um, was the plastic to be removed. 
because he had the virus. And they weren't allowed to bury people that had died of AIDS when I was in the funeral industry. I don't know what it's like now. Jesus Christ. Because they were concerned about the virus getting into the water table. Now, I don't know whether that was based on medical evidence or whether they were just playing it safe, but a lot of the people at this particular funeral didn't know this young boy had died of AIDS. So they didn't know he was inside wrapped twice in thick plastic. And they couldn't understand why I, as running the show, refused to allow them to view. And as I said, it literally created a riot. And people thought I was the worst person in the world. The option would have been to have opened the, the, the coffin at the crematorium, which is, in my knowledge, never been done. Mm-hmm. But can you imagine if I had have opened up the coffin? Insane. And showed them the relative. I mean, it would have been so fucked up. So that was one of those really heavy situations that you can never prepare yourself for and just happened out of the blue. I'm going to need to lie down after this episode. Well, look, uh, I think that's all the time we have this week for Loose Units Dead Serious. If you haven't already, do hop across to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash loose units. There's heaps of really great discussions and we're going to be answering lots more of your questions uh, later on this week in our bonus spin-off series, uh, Loose Ends. Sort of lost the lost lost it there a little bit. Anyway, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you later this week for more loose units. Bye. Bye bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.